Hey everyone, let me tell you what's going on. Um, I'm at the airport, so you hear music behind me. I'm waiting to go on a plane. I'm heading to Fort Lauderdale to a, a, a show. Now, I did a podcast, a couple of them, while I was on the Impractical Jokers Cruise. And one of the podcasts was a live one in front of an audience with my really good friend Keith Robinson, who I've known probably, gosh, 20, 25 to 30 years. My plane's starting to board, so i got to rush this. Now, they recorded the podcast live, but they didn't record it from the board. So all they have is the audience sound. So that is the reason why it's going to sound like this. But Lou, my engineer, is convinced it's listenable. And I think the stories are amazing. And it makes me definitely want to do a lot more live of the podcast. That is definitely on the way. I also have some other ones. And... Um, I'll be sending them out, and we'll be listening to them next week. Hopefully, we'll have the guys from the boat, all the um, all four of the Impractical Jokers, uh, a comedian or two, plus my daughter, Gabrielle, and my youngest, Dorianne, as we recap this whole ship. So I'm on the way to Florida, and this is... I hope, I hope you can hear this well. Lou promise me, promises me that you can, and uh, I'm hopping on a plane, and I hope this is a good listen. Thank you. This is Keith Robinson and myself on the Impractical Jokers Cruise live in front of an audience. Saturday Night Live. Okay. Now, when you watched when you watched Saturday Night Live, 
When, when did you start watching that show? Well, so when it started, you're from the original original. And so what was your favorite cast? What was your favorite SNL cast? Was it, uh, who's the best cast member ever for you? Who makes you laugh the hardest? Kate McKenna? That's a current member. There's another Kate McKenna member. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I, the time that I was on, Will Ferrell, oh my God, he was, he would, he would, he would dress up as a character. Like he was Ron Burgundy before it existed. So he would come in and he'd wear this vest and he'd wear this hat and he like, hey, Will, he would, I don't know who Will is. And he would stay in his character for two weeks. And, and the first time, you were like, oh my God, it's so funny. The second, you're like, all right, Dick, break it up. Just talk to me as Will. But he wouldn't do it. It was, and no matter what he did was funny, but Chris Farley, I didn't get to, I didn't get to, uh, I didn't get to be a cast member with him, but it was the first time in life where I, I learned a lot about that. I learned a lot about show business, and I learned a lot about vanity, and, and uh, Chris was coming on, everyone said, wait till you, wait till you see Chris Farley. Wait, Jim, you're gonna love this guy. He's such a normal, regular guy. And, and what I thought was interesting, the cameramen were talking about him, the, uh, the people that would put down the grips, the wires, and all the regular people like, oh, Chris, we loved Chris when he was here. And I, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't really um, see any of his movies. But as soon as he came down the hallway, like, everyone's, hey, how you doing? Hey, oh, we're going to have a good week. And you could see the explosion off this guy. And then you saw the goodness. And at the same time, this is what I learned in life. You know, some people look at, hey, you know, it must be amazing being on TV. There's so many layers. Even, even with the impractical jokers guys, you sit there. I, I get to hear some of their stories, and we see them now for what they are. And it looks they make it look so easy, so easy. I did a podcast last night, and I was sitting here like, I'm not joining in. These guys are crook because they know each other for so long, and there's so much work that went on for so many years. But with Farley, what I couldn't believe, this is what I learned about being on SNL. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how successful you become with anything you do. If you're not grounded, if you don't have some type of grounding, a really solid friend, a really powerful person that can always be truthful, you are most likely not going to survive. And the thing that blew me away is Chris came in and, uh, and I have to say it was the funniest. I, I learned so much about it. I learned, we did a sketch together. It was like El Nino. We were a hurricane. And he was like, you want to do a hurricane? Yeah, whatever you want to do, I'm in. He can sell you anything. We're going to do a, a sketch about sneakers. All right. Let's do that. You tie them and I hear how to Whatever you want, Chris. I'm in. <laughs> so he, 
we did this sketch, and I remember during the dress show, I crushed it. Crushed it. <sighs> There's two shows, and the live audience were nuts. So, and, and I didn't say to Chris, but a little part of me, every entertainer's competitor. So a little part of me was like, yeah, all right, I was, I was right up there with Chris Farley. And then we went live. And then I saw the genius of him. Because he literally waited to his, his mind. I got a big laugh, and all of a sudden, he just took it to a level that was unexplainable. I don't know. He was supposed to just sit here and say, We're big quarterback! I'm a And no one will ever follow me! And when he was done, I went, Holy shit! I was not prepared for that. Um, and yet, to see this power, this beauty, this talent, and yet, the tragic part was, that's the comedy and the tragedy, the tragic part was, I'll never forget a phone call I got from him. Now, we, we weren't really friends, we didn't really know each other, he called me up and said, on my life, my wife went, it's, it's, it's Chris, went, Farley? What's he calling me for? Like, we gotta rehearse tomorrow. What's, what's going on? And he's like, Jimmy, how you doing? How are you? We had a party. You gotta come over in the hotel room. And I'm like, Chris, it's, it's midnight. We gotta ship. You know, we can't. It's not a good idea. And then he asked me this Can I ask you something? Am I funny? Right? Right? And I know. I said, What do you mean by that? What do you. Of course, what he said, be honest with you, am I funny? Which is a bad, stupid guy. Right! And part of me, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, what's going on? And I realized he wasn't grounded enough, and the, and the, and the dark already got into him, the power of vanity, and the power of anything in life that you get stuck doing. Can't, you can't always give in to that. And he was, it was very sad to see, but Saturday Night Live taught me that family and morality is more important than anything you'll ever pull off in life. It really is. It really is. The other stuff's fun as shit once in a while, I will say that. Um, but I've been on this journey a really long time. I've been in... Um, so, TV shows, and sitcom, whatever. But the thing that I remember most is when I'm first starting out and you develop friends that go through that journey. You go through all these different names that you went through and all these famous people that were in your life that's still in your life. And one of the, I'm, I'm so happy when I got on this boat, I saw a name that I've known for so long that we used to hang out in the streets and we saw everyone, Chappelle, Wanda Sykes, Ray Romano, you know, Kevin James, you name it. We all went through it, we all lived it. And I, I said, I gotta have him out here. This is my old friend. And I, if you just please help me welcome a, a comedian friend of mine, Mr. Keith Robinson. What a mess. <laughs> What's up, Keith? How are you, man? Look at you. Get the mic. 
We did. Ah, there we go. There we go. Hey. hey. How y'all doing, man? Yeah. I was. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I want to let's get the elephant out of the room. I, I, when I first saw you a little while, like a year ago, right? I, the limp threw me up. Like Keith is a ball buster. Yeah. Non-stop. He calls me stupid whenever he sees me. <laughs> What's up, stupid? <laughs> Still out there, do you? Yeah, the joke is cruise that you're important because you're talking to Merv. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wait a minute. I just heard that last horseshit story. Friends in love. What the fuck is that? Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has three kids and sounds fucking Indian flute music and now he's changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? A reality was seen was uh, first seeing you with uh, walking out like that. It's like busting my balls. A nice stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It got me, man. It got you hard. What, what the, yeah. what the? Yeah, well, it got me in, uh, like, New York. I, it, it, well, it's, I had a 24-hour stroke that I didn't take care of. 24, 24 hours. hours? Yeah. How do you not know that's going on? Because I'm a man. <laughs> Keith, I'm telling you, you just sound funny. I, I, I think you should get help. I know what I No, that's actually what I, when I got up in the morning, so I was leaning to the right side, I was going down. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This early in the morning, I said, oh, I, got, I got to go to Philly. I got to drive to Philly. I was in Jersey. have to drive to Philly to get my passport done. I, what the fuck is going on? So I just took some buffering. <laughs> <laughs> This will make my paralyzed right side go away. Says it right on the back of the label, right there. Warning. That's okay. one of the things that was buffering. <laughs> so actually, it did. I got um, cleared up a little bit, drove to Philly, went to the Passport Center, Arch Street, 22nd and Arch, whatever, anybody from Philly? Yeah, well, you know what I'm talking about. Went to the uh, Passport Center, got my passport together. And uh, my vision started to fuck up. I'm like, God damn. So you know what I did? My vision was fucking up. And I want to do, go to another place to check out my son was going to do a show. He's doing rap shows. I went there. My leg was going down again. So guess what I did? Buffering. <laughs> you know what? It says here I should have took six of them. I only but, took two. And, and, I was and, and my cousin stopped me. My cousin stopped me. He's like, man, you... You could be having a stroke. I said, shut your bitch ass up. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a man. You're a filthy Reed. His last name was Reed. Meanwhile, he was standing over there because yeah. you couldn't see. What the hell are you talking about, stupid? I took buffering. How much buffering do you think I can take in a day? So, how many hours is this? this is a couple so hours. That's, that's a couple hours. So the leg went in and out? Yeah, the leg, leg was in and out. out. Took my buffering, vision together and everything. I drove back up to New Jersey, took a nap, 
<laughs> took a nap. Now I had to be at the comedy cellar, right? Had New to be at the City, comedy yeah. cellar at seven o'clock doing a podcast. So I went to did the podcast, uh, and then it hit, boom. I was just, whoa, shit. Everything was like blurry as shit. But I told Hannibal Burrs was there, you know Hannibal Burrs? He yeah, was there, yeah, yeah fun yeah. guy. He was there and I and I had tell him, look, take my spot. Then I went down my other lane and to my car and I drove back home. Why are you struggling? Because I'm a man. I did 20 push-ups. <laughs> just to make sure. Just kept making left turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the right side was down, man. It was down. So. <laughs> but I called my son's mom. I called her. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I can't come to Philly to take you out to eat. Cause, hey, sweetie, I'm telling a stroke story. You're walking out. He's <laughs> getting flashbacks. <laughs> Grandpa went that way. It's a rough visit, man. So, so I called my son's mom. I, I told her I wouldn't be able to make it to Philly to take her to dinner and all that. Cause I'm, you know, I'm having a stroke. And she ain't believe shit. She's like, mm-hmm. If you having a so-called stroke, FaceTime me. Let me see that shit. Hold on, hold on. Stick your tongue out like this. And I move to the left. Bitch, you ain't having no stroke. You're drunk. The only reason I know that my wife thought I was having a stroke once. And so I swore to God. And she she said, You sound like you're slurring. And I went, I'm not slurring, it's the FaceTime. She she made me do this. This is the only reason why I know you're supposed to check there's a stroke. She went, Could you come out and go here? And apparently if you can't go like that, you're stroking. But you that's what but that's the only good thing about having a stroke. I can now drink and drive. When the cops stop me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this would get <laughs> maybe, maybe so this slow your words, I had a stroke. <laughs> that works. You want to walk this line? I can't do it, man. I had a stroke. <laughs> Step out of the car. <laughs> Do what you want. 
nice stuff. If I want to drive around, do sets, chase the tires, that's my stroke time. And that dumbass Chris Rock, he calls me Strokey Robinson. Stokey Robinson! Look at you! Hey, Robinson! Stokey Robinson! How you doing? Two sets! Look at you! And I love you! Yeah, man. But, it, you know, it was a. Uh, I spent like a month and a half in a hospital. Well, that sucks. Yeah, a month and a half. But, you know, getting out of the hospital is like coming out of penitentiary. Because <laughs> all the workers see you off like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come back here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not coming back. I'm going to do better. <laughs> we don't want to see you back here yeah. again. <laughs> we don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> And I always had one nurse like that. Hey, the motherfucker, he coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know. So you went to rehab? Now yeah, I had to go to rehab. See, first thing is speech, speech one. I couldn't pronounce words where I wanted to, but that's four. I'm a, I'm a hood dude. <laughs> and hood talk is stroke proof. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, how you feel? I'm high. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, so it was you know it was cool, and uh, you know I'm doing an hour special, and it's called Stroke of Genius. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait for that. Yeah, we talk about the whole situation. You already filmed it? No, I'm, a, I'm filming it in June. And, and you said that, yeah. and I didn't hear any of that, and I'm right no. next to you. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I didn't like that yeah, myself. Me, I'm sorry, Keith. Jim, you know what? I'm going to tell you. We all are really like family. Like, you see, he's the guys you grew up with are all, always around. So you see him, like, Jim, we're, I, we've just been a lot of places together, a lot of stuff. And Jim was always me and Wanda Sykes' favorite guy to be with because you always laugh with Jim. So, you know, you got nothing but love for him. Well, thank you. And I, and I, I always felt that with the, I had a moment with Wanda, and I was always afraid to tell the story because I know my kids would be listening. But I think they're old enough that they'll get it. Now, I'm going to say I, I have... <laughs> Someone agreed up there. I, I, I agree with it. <laughs> Whatever she was say, I totally agree with it. Now, what? So, I think we were in in Montreal or wherever, and Wanda was there. And she's like, Jim, you like, uh, you know, I get tickets for a basketball game. I said, like, oh, I, I just want to, yeah, let's just go out. We'll go to the basketball game. Now, at the time, I believe I had my wife and my baby, who's on this trip. Okay, she's about 20, so it was 20 years ago. <clears throat> and my wife is about to leave, and someone goes, hey, man, I got something. I'm in the lobby, like, dude, I heard you like green. It was half-baked time. Hey, take some of that. Like, oh, well, okay, thanks, man. So I'm in Canada. I got a little green. I was going to be great. And I forgot it was in my 
I forgot it was in my pocket, and I go to drop off my wife and the baby at, uh, at the airport, and here comes the cop, the can, the dog. <coughs> I'm like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. And she's like, what's the matter? Are you gonna walk into it? It was before. And I was like, no, this And I finally get home. This thing's already stressing me out. Stressing me the fuck out. And uh, I have a little bit. And I start, I start bugging. I start giving myself a concert. Because that's what I like to do. I like to listen to my music and I pretend I'm sold out. <laughs> I still do it. I did it in, in my cabin where I'm at. I gave six concerts this week. I gave three. You gave three? Three concerts. Now, who's your concert? Who, do you, who are you? Oh, shit, am I Luther Vandross? Really? Yeah, I'm all of Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's right, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Black. That's what I, I like that. I go, I go, I go higher energy. I go, uh, when I get energy, I listen to this band, you know, first of HD, then it was Vol, now it's this band, Volbeat, you would not know, just think of, yeah, it's like, if you took Elvis, and you added Metallica, this week, right? I go through a list, I would see it, and I'm playing at the pool area, right? And I have the Jokers introducing me, but I'm Bobby. So I'm in Canada doing this in my room, and as it's happening, I hear, I hear keys, and then I start hearing, and I, oh no shit, they smell it, I fucked up. Let me, let me put the towel underneath. <laughs> and um, I go back to my concert, and I'm getting <laughs> the keys. <laughs> bing! Bing! Oh shit, there's sending security up here. So I'm starting, to, I'm starting to hyperventilate. And I look out the peephole, and I don't see them, but I know, I'm convinced, they're hanging out under the peephole. <laughs> They knew I was going to look at the people and they're going, yeah, yeah, the baby. <laughs> so this, this goes on for about, it seemed like an eternity, probably only three minutes. <laughs> and now the phone starts ringing. And I went, holy shit. This is, if I answer it, they're gonna go, uh, Mr. Brewer, we know you did in your room. Security's waiting outside, you have to come out. I don't know how they do it in America, this is Canada, and you're under arrest. So I went, oh my God, I can't, I can't answer the phone. I'm just gonna ignore it, they don't know if I'm in the room. But then I went, but if I ignore it, can they legally go, we think something's wrong with him, we got a call, maybe he's having a stroke. <laughs> Get the, get the bathroom right. Yeah, yeah, get it. Let's knock it. 
Give me the buffers. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they're going to just barge in. So the phone stopped ringing. Now, this is a little weird circumstances. I get the keys, the bell, now they're ringing the phone. So I ignore it again, bing! I keep looking, I can't, I know they're out there. I can hear them talking. It's driving me bonkers. Phone rings again. God dang it. You know what, man? I'm just gonna answer and turn myself in. You can't turn yourself in on a phone. <laughs> Hello, I'm ready to come. <laughs> Room 712. <laughs> so, my heart's going a million miles an hour. I pick up the phone. It's one and she goes, what are you doing, crackhead? I'm paranoid in some pot or something right now. And I went, you don't know how much you just taped me. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. And she called my shot. She goes, come on, I've been waiting for you in the, in the um, lobby for 10 minutes, stupid. I went, okay. And, went, and I opened the door. It was two janitors working on one of the elevators. So every time you come up, bing, the thing went in. We're working on it, so you got it now. Oh my God. Yeah, and that, that's when I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, who's Wanda? I miss her, man. I'm excited for her. Yeah, she's, she's doing good. So you see, did you go on tour? Did I hear a rumor? You, did you go on tour with um, with Kevin Hart? Well, Kevin, what, I was in his uh, documentary. Anybody see Kevin Hart's documentary? It did, the one that just came out? Yeah, the one that just I heard came about out. this. I heard it's amazing. Yeah, I was in that uh, documentary. He's a young, my young fellow from Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, I brought him to New York. I brought dumb cabs to New York, to, and he did much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's always that's 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 a struggle within too. Yeah. That's an honest struggle within, where you're like, hey man, let me show you how to. <laughs> <laughs> He's ever coming down. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Come <laughs> back. Yeah. Well, me and you know me and Wanda was roommates. Right. Yeah. We we way way back in the day. Yeah. We yeah. lived together for a while. Then after Wanda left, Patrice O'Neill came in. That's right. Yeah, so my, my, I had the lucky sofa, I guess. <laughs> I should have slept on it myself. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so everybody stayed over my house, like Russell Peters, all those guys. So we, you know, we had a good Who's, time. who? Are there moments in time, Keith, that we saw I know, I know I have some that I saw that I still think of. Are there moments in time that you saw another comic, doesn't even have to be someone we know, that you went, oh wow, this is, this is like, I don't special. know. Special. This is special. This is you something know what? different. Uh, Patrice. 
was like, you know, he had that special vibe to him. He's a jackass. <laughs> that, that's just what Keith would say. But, but you understand, Keith be waiting at me like, you were funny, but you're a jackass. Yeah, <laughs> and, he was just, <laughs> you knew he was going to be that guy. Because he, right. you know, you want, you just seeing him like, ah, ah, his thought process and all that, and how funny he was on and off stage, you like, ah, yeah, that's going to be the dude. He was the guy. Yeah. And, and uh, that was very, yeah, it was very, you know what, I didn't, he came in kind of after me. Yes. I was leaving the clubs, and I didn't get to appreciate his true brilliance until I heard it much later. Right. Even after he passed, and it, he makes me laugh Probably some of the hardest time I ever laugh in the car because I'll hear him on Sirius XM and then I get a Spotify. He makes me belly laugh. Yeah, because he was just son of a bitch was good. He was good. He was good. And you see those guys, they come along once in a while. Once in a while. Uh, you know, bro, you were one of the guys, man. Definitely one of the guys. Yeah. Wow, come Look at him, he's got fucking ankle socks on. I'm in my comfort zone now. <laughs> now, but you're right, but Jim is just like, we always, me, Juan, or whatever, even Patrice is like, I don't want to see Jim live. Everybody wants to see Jim live. Wow. Because that's an event. Yeah. Well, thank you. Live is an event. You're like, yeah, you're like, all right, shit, you're going to get it. <laughs> hey, well, Bruce Springsteen of comedy. How are you feeling Isn't it cool, though, that uh, all the things we go through and all that, I mean, you've been to parties, you met <coughs> celebrities. Anyone, anyone bug you out that, like, say, Wanda would introduce you, or you kind of roll with somebody like, whoa, I didn't know we'd be in this room. No, I, I didn't know. I, yeah, I, I went to the correspondence dinner. Oh man! Everybody was there. Tom Cruise, all these guys. But my dumbass got drunk, has a couple of wines in me, and I go up to, oh, no. <laughs> to Samuel Jackson. I said, "Yo, man, I love you on, on the Stevie Wonder Living for the City uh, song." <laughs> he said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> I said that was you. <laughs> he, he, he wanted nothing to do with me. He went, he, you lost the moment. I I had was that because you were geeking out? You were like this no, is Samuel Jackson. I just, I just said I'm a, no, I just wanted to be an asshole. <laughs> Try to be an asshole. I just accidentally <laughs> do an asshole thing. Like, all right, I'm a I'm a diehard Mets fan, right? You go, yeah, love the Mets, okay? And we're both Cowboy fans. Yes. Right? You can boo all you want. I don't care. It's Why? not changing it. I was, <laughs> <laughs> but we we. Me and Keith go 
go back to, you know, a lot of people in the Northeast, you think are just giants, jets, you go, it's not. Patriots. Yeah, it, Patriots, whatever. But if, you, if you're from the 70s and 80s growing up, you go to New York, you get, this is what you get. You go, I like, uh, this guy likes Steelers, Packers, Raiders, Vikings, Dolphins. And you go, why? Because that's what was on television. That's right. The 70s Cowboys, their offensive line, would all line up in unison, right? And then together they all stand up for a second, stare at the defense, and then all go back down. Oh my God, what is that? And then, and then you had Roger Starbuck going, and Roger Starbuck's taking a couple steps. It's the shotgun. Cowboys were the shotgun. He's going downfield. And you had Landry, who was like a. He was like your father. He wore a hat. <laughs> that's right. And that's what we fell in love with. So you're damn right. So it's like that's our Bugs Bunny. That's that's why I still, you know, fell in love with Bugs Bunny as a kid. So, damn, where was I going with this? <laughs> you all saying, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Someone gave me some buffering. <laughs> So, I remember I was going. So a diehard Mets fan, right? Now, I get this moment where, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm still living off of late 90s success or whatever, and I get to throw out the first pitch at Shea Stadium with a Mets play. For me, this is playing Madison Square Garden, sold out, Jim Brewer live in Madison, Jim Brewer throwing out the first pitch at Shea Stadium. And Piazza is the catcher. Now, by this time, I'm a big Metallica fan. I grew up Metallica. Uh, yeah, diehard Metallica fan. I grew up. You just look like a Metallica fan. Do I? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know Metallica, but you look like you would be attached to a group named Metallica. <laughs> I tried, I tried to get Chappelle into Metallica, like, ow, man, I'm angry. <laughs> I tried to get, me, me and Tracy were going to say, like, he would, I would play that music, like, Drew, they sound like they're raging. They're raging. That's what's inside you. You rage against the machine. You always raging. <laughs> Now I see why you like Metallicas. <laughs> so I know that Mike Piazza likes Metallica. The reason why I know that when it drops some names, I become friends with the drummer of Metallica. Because he, he showed up Metallica, he showed up at Saturday Live once and was like, what is that? So now I'm hanging out with him. Hanging out with him. Dude, come over to my apartment. We're going over Lars Ulrich's apartment. So he mentions Mike Pia. Oh, I heard you like the Mets. I heard Mike Piazza's a big fan. He came to the show once in a while. Oh, cool. Now I take that info. Now. It's my first pitch, Shea Stadium. I see Mike Piazza and I want him to be my friend so bad. 
I go on the field, it's my birthday, and I'm, I'm hammered, hammered. I had three beers, they're this big, maybe a couple dudes, I'm living, I'm in Dolce. And I get on the mound, I throw the ball to Piazza, and it's like slow motion, he's gonna love this. And he shakes my hand, and went, Lars Ulrich of Metallica says hello. And he looked at me like, what's you say, dick? <laughs> no, hi, nice to meet you. Beer breath, vodka breath, stoned eyes. Lars Ulrich of Metallica says hello. We should be friends. Maybe we could go and play video games together. Go rollerblading with me. You like rollerblading in Central Park? I'll go with you, Jim Brewer. We'll call Lars Ulrich. I never thought we'd be rollerblading. How exciting is this? Thanks for hooking this up, Brewer. I dropped that ball hard. So, cut to, cut to the next time I see Mike Piazza. It's got to be 10 years later. And the Mets, oh, it was 2015, right? Because the Mets were going to the World Series. And they asked me to do an event because I'm, I'm making these videos about, I didn't, see, that's another weird thing about, I didn't understand social media. We come from the age of, we don't get it. Just be funny and someone will see you and hopefully you'll get work. That's what we started off right, in. Right. And we, we have to break that mentality. So, uh, you know, everyone's like, dude, you gotta do it. You gotta tweet. I'm not, I'm not a good tweeter. I'm not smart. Oh, you should do Facebook. I don't want to do it. Here's me walking the wall. I don't know what to do. Everybody gets attacked to that uh, social media. Yes, yes. So, we're on vacation. My wife was going through some stuff. And, and at the time, um, Going through chemo, right? And she comes back from chemo. And I'll never forget this. In a dark place, my butt. And she's sitting on the couch. She's watching me watch Mets' first game of the season. It's 2015. They're playing the Nationals. Doesn't matter who they are. It's there. And they just signed Max Scherzer, the greatest pitch in the world. And they're going to win the World Series. They're the best team. This Nationals team. Nobody's stopping them. We got Max Scherzer! And the Mets had a 44-year-old, 400-pound guy, Bartolo Colon, on the mound, going to get, and Max Scherzer has a no-hitter on opening day against the Mets, but big 400-pound, 44-year-old guy's going toe-to-toe, -to -toe. he's only giving up two hits. Finally get him out, the Mets win, and as I'm watching this, the way you are, seeing you watching sports, I'm like, and I see the Mets are going to win, and I'm yelling at the screen, A BIG BIG MAX SHAKER! Oh yeah, and I'm good. And my wife goes, That's all the energy shit. I said, what, what is so funny? She's like, this is what you should be making videos of, stupid. Make videos, and don't try to be funny, just be yourself as a fan. People will love this passion. And I went, Oh my God. <laughs> Just went, the match, you know, whatever I said, the match just won, and this, and I did every 
single game that year. Some people think I just did the playoffs, and that, that was a resurgence of, of awareness for me. And I didn't realize until I go, like, go to Denver, or I go somewhere, and there's 20 people in Mets shirts. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Let's go, Mets! I'm like, oh my God, this is social media. Now they're So, because of that, it's a long boat ride. People I know, it seems like we've been out to sea for quite a while. But I can assure you, Jim does have a direction. He knows where to dock. Just hang in there. Sometimes we have to just keep circling. But trust me, he will have an ending to this story. I was getting nervous, man. I know you are. I'm like, yeah, yeah. All right. So, because of this resurgence, I get invited to go to the Mets World Series and I'm gonna do an event with Mike Piazza where we ride on a boat from Manhattan with selected fans and we go to Shea Stadium and we march in together, okay? Which I felt bad because Mike, Mike's a superstar. He's got people are like, so Mike, in 1992, what was he? He's gonna I see Mike Piazza, and we're like, hey man, how you doing, how you doing? And it's really awkward, I wanna, I wanna know, does he remember this moment? And I figured, there's no way, you know, his big moments, you know, 9-11, he hit the home run, a lot of big moments happened to Mike Piazza since this. And uh, I go, hey man, it's good to see you again. And he goes, not even shit, this is why, this is why I fell in love with Mike Piazza. He goes, yeah, good seeing you. Remember the last time we met? <laughs> I went, um, well, I, I think I do. He goes, no, you do. Best friends with those over. And that, that was, uh, let's see another story. <laughs> that deserves a standing ovation. He's very sober. He's very humbling. It's very humbling when you geek out on someone. I never geeked out on anybody. I was 16, 16 years old, and about 15, 13, or whatever, in Philadelphia, and I seen a limousine, and inside the limousine was Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, Teddy, Teddy, I waved. And I seen a window just roll up right. <laughs> and I think that's the only time tears fell out my eyes. Just tears, because he wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever hear, did you ever hear, um, you know Corielli, right? Yeah. This is a comedian, uh, Pete Corielli's. New York and great guy. He does a podcast with Sebastian Maniscalco. We got Sebastian fans, yeah. So we've known Pete forever and ever. And <laughs> Pete, Pete likes to, to hang out. He likes to hang out. So I guess Tom Papa and Seinfeld are hanging out at the cellar. Do you know the story? Please do. Were you there? Do you know that? Because I don't want to screw this up. No, they're not going to. So you gotta know Corielli. He's a long island, he's passionate, he's like, damn, Jim Bob, oh yeah, he's very, very passionate. So 
He's nervous, he geeked out, it's Jerry Seinfeld. And Tom Papa's sitting with him, because they're friends. And it was at the time where he, he was snuffed to do the, um, was it Oscars or Emmys or, it was some award show. And they suggested Seinfeld, he, Seinfeld everyone thought Seinfeld was gonna be a host, and he didn't get it, okay? So, he comes up to him, he goes, hey man, it's an honor to meet you. Now this is before Pete's had a couple. <laughs> and and uh, he, I'm trying to think if this story's worth it, and it's really. What? Well, I'm starting Keep to scare going. myself. Like, do you have an ending? I do. <laughs> Get my if binoculars. you don't have an ending, no, make one up. I yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I get my binoculars. <laughs> I see one over there. So. Pete, well, I'm wondering if Pete's going to be mad. Now, he, now the story's out there. And I started thinking, is Pete going to be mad? I said, no, he knows the story. Everyone knows the story. Put it out there. So he goes, hey, man, I just, um, it's really honored to know you and, uh, you know, nice to meet you. And he leaves. Good first impression. Now he goes outside. Bing, bing, bing. Shots, bing, couple beers. Now he's like, and if you know, if you know Coriel, he thinks about every, he analyzes everything he said throughout the night. I would always get phone, uh, phone calls the next night. Oh man, I say something out of line last night. No, 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 you were cool. Now he approaches Jerry Seinfeld. He's got a whole different swagger. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes are yellow. Oh, oh. He, he, he puts his hands down on the table and he leans into Jerry's face. <laughs> and he's like, that's bullshit, I did make you host that shit, man. You walk out like fucking Fuck them, man, fuck them. So I just want to tell you that. <laughs> and he leaves and supposedly Seinfeld just looked at him and went, yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> That's how I felt. Something like that. Something like that. I hope I didn't screw. I know it's not the paint Jerry that. We just talking. I'll edit that out too. <laughs> but I have to say, this is. Um, did you have a good time on the boat? Yeah. Because if you're not a cruise person, I'm not a cruise person, but I did have a good time. <laughs> And jokers are cool, man. All right? Of, yeah, they're cool dudes, man. So, yeah, this is good. This is a good thing. And Getting off the boat wasn't that good. You got off yesterday? Yeah, it's a hustle What? Once you get off, everybody hustling. Oh, yeah, I know. Hey, get in this car, man. How many y'all got? How many you got? Eight? All right, you need seven more, then we can get you. <laughs> Like that Unless you want to pay for the whole van. You want to pay for the whole van? I want to pay for your van. What the? <laughs> then they dropped me off to this beach, this bootleg beach. <laughs> hey, yeah, this right here, Atlantis. This don't look like the Atlantis. What the fuck? Water slides be around the back, man. <laughs> Keep walking around this side, you see the big slides. You'll see. <laughs> Keep walking, Keith. I don't see nothing. 
then I kept asking, where's the Atlantis? Uh, three, 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 three minutes down the block. Huh? Three minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes later, I don't see more Atlantis, man. Sweating. <laughs> Limping, sweating. That's not, <laughs> you limping, so that's yeah, a, that's more like 10 miles. Well. But on the boat was great. But you gambled. I didn't know you gambled. Yeah, blackjack. That's right, I played blackjack. Fine. Because <laughs> I thought it had something to do with black folks, that's why. <laughs> Try this blackjack out real fast. But I've been winning, man. I've been winning on this boat. I, I haven't lost yet, man. Really? Absolutely. I've been winning. See, now they say blackjack is, I won't, I, I won't use the word easiest, but I always heard if you're going to bet at a table, always the odds, I guess, are better at blackjack. What? Is that true? I don't understand. I don't think it's true. Because, you know, they do, they legally cheat you on on that casino. It's legalized cheating. <laughs> you're going to lose. You hang around, you're going to lose. And if you win too much, a guy comes and talks to you, like, hey, come here. Come here. <laughs> Let's take a walk. Have you seen the pastries? <laughs> we just rebuilt the whole parking garage. Just want to show you what we're investing into here. You want to, might want to become a member. Like, that wouldn't go on the street. What you said is like legalized. Yeah, they legalized cheating. If, if they cheated as much as they cheated in the casinos all over the world. You're going to be that guy like 10 years ago, like, no, no, Bob, 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 it's a casino. We don't act like that. <laughs> hey, man, I don't trust you. I'm going to shoot this man. No, no, no. You can't shoot the guy in the bow tie. Don't shoot the guy in the bow tie. He's <laughs> ripping me off. No, it's legal now. It's legal. <laughs> so, have you always gambled? Yes. You have? Well, you know, my dad was a little, you know, uh, what do you call it? Common. Yeah. And, um, you know, he taught us how to, like, he used to go into a store with a 20 and a $1 bill. And with the 20 and a 1, he ended up with like 200 and something dollars after that. He called him putting the store guy to sleep. So you give him 20 and give it back and change. But it's by the time you do it, transaction is made, he has over two hundred dollars. What? I don't get I wanna try this. What am I doing? <laughs> I give twenty and I put give two hundred sleep. I'm gonna tell you who looks like they can be put to sleep. Look at the crowd. The guy with a hat on. That's all right I mean. Right in front. He can be put to sleep. He's yeah, yeah. put to sleep. Yeah. What is put to sleep? He's just so into what you're doing, he's not long, no longer paying attention. Oh! Yeah. So voodoo, mind voodoo. But it's just, you know, give me that, give me this. And you give him change and you, you know, yeah. Dude, that's, that's, that's that generation. How old is your father? Wow, wow, said He's dead now. All right, well, how old-ish? Well, mine's dead, too. He would be 80 some years old. Right, my dad would have been my nut. And my father used to always go, uh, Hey, uh, give me a 10, I'll give you a 5 back. Yeah. And he tried to do that to me all the time. You give me a 5, and I'll give, I'll give you a 10, and you give me back a 20. He'll do that to me all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know you do it. And then he'd get my friends, and he would he would do it to my friends. He'd go, like, give me a 2, and I'll give you a 4, I'll flip you for a dollar. And I'll see the last <laughs> two numbers, and then take away and go, that kid's a jackass, keep away from it. <laughs> <laughs> 
your dad would con your friend? Yes! And then he'd figure out who I should hang out with. I was just, oh, I was dumb as a rock. It, what's that, hon? Legal confusion. There you go. Yeah, you couldn't get her. She's smart. Yeah. Uh, She's not going to figure it out already. Now, legal well, I gotta tell you, this was a great time, and um, I didn't. This is my first time I've been in front of people, so I pre you're a great audience. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I'll take um, if, if, if anyone has a question or anything for rock and roll. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you got? Um, so you talked a lot about comics with high energy, Kevin Hart. Yeah. Okay, so he said, I know you guys, me and Keith, have talked about comedians that we know, admired, all have high energy. Was there any comedians that we admired growing up that had low energy? Low energy. Mm. I loved, I loved uh, Chappelle Steve. has low energy. Yes, but he would blast. Yeah, Chappelle was always... He talked really yeah, slow. slow. He was slow. He was slow. Tony Woods. Tony Woods. Tony Woods would talk really slow, and then and then be explosive. And then uh, what's his name? A guy in Thomas, I guess. He made me laugh. I wasn't Steve inspired was, by him. Steve Wright was hilarious. Yeah, he was hilarious. I can never do that humor. I can never pull that off. And you know who was who was great too? I thought was uh, before he died was Mitch Hedberg was on. That was, that was, uh, uh, yeah, was, I think I did the last show with him. We were at University of Alabama, and uh, he was like, they said, listen, do you mind, do you mind going up before him because he flew into the wrong airport? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, flew it, who flies in the wrong airport? He's driving from, you know, wherever. It was very shit, and I went, yeah, I, I'd rather go up front, uh, front because he was absolutely murdering at the time at the colleges. And I was relieved. I didn't want the pressure of following Mitch Hedberg. And so he doesn't show up. So I go up there. I'm up there an hour. I keep looking at the side. It's hour 10. I'm looking at the side. I, I finish. I went, well, I'm done. I can't, I'm done. I can't stay up here forever. I went, all right, thanks for coming out. And as I was saying that, he was on the side. And he came in. He was, you know, he was in another dimension. <laughs> but he, cr he crushed it. And then I, I think it was uh, two weeks later. Is very true. Any other qu any um, other questions? That was a good question. Go once. Yeah. Who's your favorite Met? Who's my favorite Met of all time? I'll tell you who. And this is a tough one. But I'm gonna go. This is a really tough one. I I I'm gonna go Mookie Wilson. And I'll tell you why. Um. Mookie always had, uh, Mookie, there was just something about, there was a lot of guys. I mean, from the beat, at first I loved Rusty Staub, then I loved Tom Seaver, then I loved John Stearns, and I loved, I loved Jerry Grody, I liked uh, Todd Hundley, Piazza, there was so many guys I loved. On this team, I loved DeGrom. DeGrom's one of my all-time favorites. But Mookie just has this, this hustle and spirit and there was just something always magical about Mookie. I don't know what it was about Mookie Wilson. And I'll, I'll geek out for a second. 
I go to Mets fantasy camp, which is you play baseball and the yeah, I do. I do. You laugh at that. I'm out of here. And and the greatest moment for me was so the ex Met players will will like uh, they'll they'll pick you on their team and you play against each other a week. So Mookie, I'm in the batting cage and I'm like, oh my god, Mookie's Mookie's throwing the ball to me, and I I'm a good, I'm a good hitter. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a good hitter. I, I wish I played, but I'm like, I get hit. But inside pitches, I have trouble with. And Mookie's nonstop throwing it in. And he goes, let me show you something. Let me show you something. You hold the bat out here. And one of you all come out here. You can't eat if it's in here. You wanna, you wanna come in here, okay? And now you may be, but baby, you got that hit. You can hit that ball. I know you can hit that ball. And he, he did some Mookie like, oh. The entire, I was an animal and knocked in the most runs at a high average. And it was because Mookie Wilson coached me and I already loved him. It was such a geek moment, but yeah, sorry, long answer. Mookie. <laughs> Jim, come in, park! <laughs> okay, what's up? Checker flag is up. Uh, one more? Anyone? What did that, as a child, did you know, did you learn, or like, when did you nah, kind of I feel? Knew, I knew I was the, the dude. <laughs> I was. Look, I was the funniest guy in elementary, junior high, and high school. The funniest guy, in the, you know, because I, you know, I dared to do whatever, you, you know, because that's how when people go to the comedy clubs, how they think it's a safe place. It's not. Comedy's not a safe place. You do shit at comedy clubs. You say stuff that people don't agree with. You know, whatever. But that's how I honed the skills. I mean, I got punched a lot in school. <laughs> but... That <laughs> bit didn't work out. <laughs> I'll find the ending. I'll find an ending. But that's what it is, yeah. That's where I learned that I was funny through school. Yeah, I think um, for me, I, I watched comedy forever. Uh, I loved anything comedy. I was laughing, Lauren Hardy, loved Lauren Hardy. Anything slapstick, uh, Abbott Costello, Three Stooges. Then, I mean, as a kid, I knew high school was class clown. I loved making people laugh, and I don't know if it was a defense mechanism, or I just love the feeling of watching people laugh. It's just such watching a people laugh is the greatest. Yeah, because people try to put that therapy shit on top of laughter. And why did you do it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like laughing. You know? Yeah, but it's a great thing, and uh, I'm glad. And we thought about God. I don't know if we do anything else. I don't know what I would do if I didn't do comedy. I'd probably, like I said, some undocumented job. <laughs> it wouldn't be nice. It just wouldn't be. Like lives should not be at stake. <laughs> <laughs>
There should be a lot of rules where we're going to work if this don't work out. But, but what's that? Yes. I see you. Go. You just listed off all my creators. My first one, I don't know about you, but, and uh, I'll leave Eddie, and Eddie Murphy I put in there. Yeah. So for me, the first, the first, my first introduction to real stand-up comedy that I kind of remember was Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> The Reverend Man, and because it was sixth grade, and he just he had no segues, it was just stupid, and I could relate to everything he was saying. And, and and but then, but then, late one night, I saw Richard Pryor, and that that changed my whole life. And if you really watch my show. All, all my technique and all my love and everything I do is it roots from Richard Pryor, hands down. Hands yeah, down. Well, Richard's a hands down. But I love so many people, though. Me too. With within that, like yeah, this is crazy. Jack Benny, I love Jack Benny. My father loved him. Yeah, I just you, you your father me, loved him. Just make me look older than I am. <laughs> my dad loved him, but I love Jack Benny, Woody Allen. I love Woody Allen. Uh, just there's a lot of funny guys that you'd look at and listen to that technique. Like Woody Allen took his time and told stories. Uh, Bill Cosby, can I say Bill Cosby? We can. <laughs> Before he was putting them to bed. <laughs> there was he was. He was. His he, was comedy. Monster, he was a monster on the stage. Monster, yes. And off stage. <laughs> yes. But, As the great uh, Sam Kinsey would say, ow! Ow! <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. You've been awesome. Thanks for hanging out with Keith Robinson. Make sure you come see Keith one day. Thank you, Keith, so much. I love you, man. You're a beautiful person. I love you. Yeah, you're ready to enjoy the rest of your time.